Hello, everyone. It is Sunday, February 12th, and welcome to episode 81 of Buds and Blue Jays. I'm your host, Jesse Burrell, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Riley McConnell. And today, on our show, spring training is right around the corner, and opening day isn't too far along after that. So we're going to take a look back here, look at the offseason that was, and see if our Toronto Blue Jays did enough to push us over the top to maybe get that AL East championship and hopefully a World Series winner this year. Plus, we have a Beau Bichette reaching a contract extension that buys out his arbitration years, and Team Canada has announced its World Baseball Classic roster, and we have so much more to come on the episode here. But first, guys, remember our show is free and available on all platforms, so if you're please watching us on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to the channel if you haven't so already. We're hoping to get up to 500 subscribers by season's and so you could be one of the first 500 on Buds and Blue Jays, which is a great honor, I might add. And if you're listening to us in podcast land, please leave us a five-star review. It the, is the best way to help the show grow. But Riley, with that being said, what's up? How are you? Jesse, I'm good. We got a good episode on the way, chock full of a different variety of stuff from contracts to looking back at our offseason. I mean, I think we did a good job, man. I'm just going to come out and say it, I think. I think we did a good job. We lost a lot of guys that were longtime Jays, maybe some favorite guys that kind of stings a little bit, but we're bringing in some good talent. We're bringing in, a, a, you know, a, maybe a young guy with a good bat. We got, you know, a savvy veteran pitcher. You know, it's a, it's a little bit... It's a little bit everywhere with what we got. I mean, yes, it stings to lose fan favorites, but also sure. to bring in guys that can perform and um, are, are, are proven to some degree. It is nice as well. Hey, the Jays had to make some moves, right? Last year, winning 92 games was great, but losing in the first round of the wild card was not great. And the Blue Jays have World Series aspirations. Like, we want to take this team. We want to be at the top. So moves had to be made. And Riley, the Blue Jays did go out and make moves. Here are some of the key additions that the Blue Jays added to the team this year that we did not have last year, including relief pitcher Eric Swanson. We added a prospect in Adam Mako. Keep that name in mind. Center fielder Chris uh, Kevin Kiermeyer. Starting pitcher Chris Bassett. Outfielder Dalton Varsho, starting pitcher Drew Hutchinson, first baseman Brandon Belt, and relief pitcher Chad Green. So very interesting names there. And some of the guys we had to lose off the roster were outfielder Jackie Bradley Jr., right-handed pitcher David Phelps, right-handed pitcher Ross Stripling, outfielder Bradley Zimmer and Rymel Tapia, outfielder Teoscar Hernandez, Lourdes Gurriel Jr., Gabriel Moreno, Julian Merriweather, and Matthew Gage. So a good chunk of turnover here from what we're losing off the 2022 roster and what we're bringing in on the 2023 roster. And Riley, no time to waste. Let's just jump right into it. Out of all the additions that the Toronto Blue Jays move, who are the ones that you're most excited to see in 2023? I mean, right off the bat, I mean, you talk about being excited. I'm going to go back. I don't go too far away without it, but I got my Oakland bucket here on my desk, of course. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's Chris Bassett. Didn't even have his best year with Oakland. That was last year we got him in free agency from the coming from the New York Mets and had a, a career year, man. And you look at um, what what kind of shoes Bassett has to fill for this team, and it's a pretty big it's a it's a, they're pretty big shoes to fill, man. I won't lie. You had mm -hmm. Ross Stripling, who had an immaculate season. I mean, Ross Stripling at some point seemed to be baseball's best pitcher. That's yeah, I, absolutely. I mean, to, he was baseball's best pitcher for about two weeks, man. Mm -hmm. And I feel like. Um, you know, can come into this team and fit right into the number three spot in our rotation. He has Alec Manoa and Gosman working in front of him, which is great. You talk about Chris Bassett's pitch mix. He has that heavy sinker. He throws the breaking ball, two types of fastballs. And he, if you can work, he, th he throws, you know, he throws six pitches. If he can get four or five working at a time, um, he could really make it difficult on the hitters. And that's coming from, let's say, a three-game series. You've got to face Manoa and Gosman. 
and Chris Bassett. I mean, you have to deal with Alec Manoa in game one and then Kev, uh, Kevin Gosman, his splitter in game two. And then, I mean, you're, you're pretty well done game three um, with Chris Bassett. I mean, that's a series that you could walk away with and, and give up, you know, t- 10 hits or something like that. I mean, uh, I don't see a lot of downside with this. He's not a flashy guy. He's not going to do tremendous things, but his career numbers don't lie and they're backed up very steadily. And I mean, it doesn't seem like age is a big thing. I mean, he had his best year last year in his age 33 season. I think Chris Bassett is going to do more of the same this year with the Toronto Blue Jays um, as he did in his first and only year with the New York Mets. I don't think Jays fans either are talking enough about Chris Bassett and the like performance he can put up for this Toronto Blue Jays team. Like, he had a 3.42 ERA last year, Riley. And if you go through the game log, he really had two or three real bad starts. I think he had four starts total where he gave up more than five runs. If you took those starts out, which you can't do, by the way, like those starts happened, they were made and they happened. But his ERA is probably closer to three, if not high twos, or in that range, give or take. If you take those out, and looking through his whole career, like he's had an ERA of above 3.81 once in his career. And that was back in 2016 and only 28 innings pitch. So Chris Bassett is going to be a rock for this team here. And if you are a fan of how pitchers go out and attack batters, which is something I like to do when I watch games, because I'm a real baseball nerd like that, you're going to love watching Chris Bassett pitch, man, because he's got all the tools in his army. If two pitches aren't working, he can mix it up. And it's going to be very fun, I think, to see Chris Bassett on the mound. And it's going to be a very impact piece for this Toronto Blue Jays team this year. Absolutely. Makes it extremely difficult on hitters. And he's, you know, probably going to be pitching against the toughest hitting division um, in all of baseball, as I call it, the um, the American League East. You know, he mm-hmm. maybe has pit- or pitched in the, you know, more pitcher savvy division, such as the uh, NL East in the AL West. But um, I think he can do it, man. I, I really think he can do it. I think um, I think his tools are perfect. The limiting home runs. And the defense we've added on top of that and having ex-teammate and now current teammate Matt Chapman uh, to back him up. I mean, he's got a good infield behind him. He's got a, like a great outfield behind him mm-hmm. now. Um, I think that balls in, in play, which is going to happen with Chris Bassett. I don't think it's going to be an issue. Um, and he's he's going to do a good job of keeping the balls in the yard, too, man. I think uh, I think to fill what we lost with Ross Stripling, I think we did it like in the in the best way possible, possible, you know, and and the dollar sign attached to it, too, is a good deal. We didn't bust the bank on it. Mm-hmm. I think Chris Bassett was the right move and I love it. And I think he's going to do just fine as our number three starter in Toronto. One of the many X factors Toronto Blue Jays have is if Chris Bassett is going out and putting up a monster season, like I think you and I both think he can, it's going to go a long way for the Blue Jays to reach their ceiling that they hope to achieve in 2023. I want to go with my first guy here, Riley, a move that I am really excited about. And that's a guy we've talked about quite recently on the show. And that's Brandon Belt, Riley. Like I'm sitting here thinking of this guy and I've said it for years back in the mid 2010s when he was in San Francisco. I was like, we just got to get this guy out of San Francisco. This guy is so good. And I always thought you could kind of tell the difference between a hardcore baseball fan and a casual baseball fan by showing them Brandon Belt and be like, hey, is this guy good? Because a casual fan would look at it and be like, oh, he hasn't hit more than 20 home runs in a year. You know, his batting average is just middling. But if you look at like a lot of the under the hood stuff, you could see there is a real elite power hitter 
into Brandon Belt. And we are finally getting him out of Oracle Park and into a good place to hit in Toronto. And I think there is a more chance we get that 2020, we get that 2021 hitter out of Brandon Belt. The guy who could probably hit 27, 30 home runs, the guy who could hit an eye batting average. The only thing is, Riley, he's got to make sure he can hit that fastball. He crushes off-speed stuff, right? And the Jays and Jays and John Schneider are going to have to use him in the right spots against a good pitcher, you know, that he can really take advantage of. But I believe in John Schneider being able to do that. And I believe in Brandon Belt being able to stay healthy, put it together on a field. He might be the guy to replace Teoscar Hernandez, a guy who could really have good power outputs and really help this team reach its potential. So we wanted lefty bats uh, first too, and yeah. foremost. Uh, like Brandon Belt is a tremendous left-handed hitter. I mean, he's not going to hit. 290 in a season but the power potential is so the power potential jesse is is real and i mean yeah you put him in san francisco you're not gonna have as many home runs i mean we're kind of a boom box now with the dimension shifts and everything like that which i'm fine with because every team gets the same you know the same at bats in, the, in our ballpark but brandon belt his i like his the character clause that goes with this we kind of we kind of lost the leader and Tay Oscar Hernandez, and you said mm -hmm. it kind of, you know, and it's it subs out, you know, you ch change out a, a good bat with another good bat. He's not as proven as Tay Oscar Hernandez, even as a veteran, uh, but it kind of goes like cr with Chris Bassett, man. It seems like he's kind of getting better with age, and I think that, um, you know, he is a the real possibility for a sneaky, you know, like you said, 25 to 30 home runs kind of range, man. And that's coming off. I mean, it's a one-year deal. It's a guy who's been on a one-team guy, a guy who's uh, been part of great teams, man. Now he got out of San Francisco and he's coming to Toronto. He's He knows what it takes to win. And I mean – He's he's a guy who is possibly going to be another X factor for this team, man. I mean, a left-handed bat with power. We need needed one of those. We got multiple starts with Brandon Belt, man. Mm -hmm. Who was the last good like left-handed hitting power player we had? I guess you could say Rowdy Telez, but he really put it together after he left the Toronto Blue Jays. And Michael Saunders was here for like half a year. He was an all-star and he was really good in the first half, but kind of faded in the second half. Do you have to go back to like Adam Lind to find a very good left-handed uh, power bat for this Toronto Blue Jays team? I mean, does it does it count? If, I mean, Smokey hit pretty good from the left side of the yeah, plate. I mean, hitter, it was a switch hitter, but yeah. I mean, hey man, no, I mean the only names that come to mind like Adam Lind isn't wasn't really a guy, but uh, Brandon Belt certainly has um, has the credentials that could make him a great power hitter in this in this type of ballpark. As like he will he will be in the lineup more than people think. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. It's another guy that I feel like is, is maybe not given enough credit. Um, Brandon Belt has proven himself in the MLB. He's proven to be a good clubhouse guy. He's excited to be in Toronto. He likes the cuisine in Toronto. We'll say <laughs> the chicken I strips, mean, baby. <laughs> I mean, there's a, there's a lot of good that goes in with this. I mean, we should, as, as, as fans here, we should, you know, make him feel as welcome and as good as possible. He deserves, this guy deserves a lot of respect around the league. I think he gets it. I think us fans should respect him as well. And give him the give him the cheers that he deserves because he is a um, he was not a superstar by you know any stretch, but he is a very very good ball player who's been around the league a long time. All right, Riley, give me your next guy. Who are you excited to see for this Toronto Blue Jays team? 
So we go from a left-handed bat with with age, and now we go to a young left-handed bat, and that's Dalton Varsho. This mm-hmm. is the outfielder with a little bit of catcher, the minor league catcher who had elite speed. So, hey, why would we waste that tool behind the plate? Let's put him in the outfield, says sure. uh, the Diamondbacks organization. And you know what? It works out because the guy got, uh, got an absolute cannon for an arm. He's got great foot speed. Um in the field and on the base pass too, he's going to be a guy who benefits from the the bigger bags in baseball. He's going to be a guy who really likes the dimensions of the Rogers Center. I mean, I don't know if this guy is going to go 30-30, but he's definitely a guy who will go 20-20. Okay. I absolutely believe that. And, um, you know, the price we had to give up for him. So we talk about replacement that we talk about. I talked about who we had to replace for Bassett or, you know, you know, Stripling moving out and who we brought in. So this one, this one was trickier because Lourdes Gurriel Jr. As he was hurt last year, but he did not have that great of a year. Yeah. I feel like his value was really diminished with this trade. Our big piece was obviously Gabriel Moreno. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, it was kind of a who's the odd man out here. We had Alejandro Kirk, Danny Jansen, Gabriel Moreno. And I mean, MLB had had it posted like Kirk and Danny Jansen are two of the top 10 catchers in major league baseball. I love to see that. Okay. So now we know we still have two of the best catchers and one of them is Kirk and Kirk is still young as anything, man. I mean, he's got still, it seems like unlimited team control. Danny Jansen has never played a full year, but still putting up massive power numbers last year. I mean, I don't hate it, you hope that Moreno goes on and has has a great career no matter where it was. I would have loved to see him as a Blue Jay, but we're mm-hmm. looking at the now. We're looking to win a championship now, Jesse. Yep. And I feel like, you know, we have two MLB kind of proven catchers, one an all-star, one basically, you know, a part-time employee that just does great things when he's on the job. And, and I mean, it felt like, I guess, Moreno was the odd man out. Uh, the deal's already been done. We get Varsho, who can play catcher, but is primarily going to be an outfielder and a damn good one at that and a lot of power from the left side of the plate, Jesse. Mm-hmm. Uh, touching on Gabriel Moreno there, the two guys we lot, um, I just want to mention this really quickly. Like, The guy does have the best tools behind the plate since JT Realmuto, and JT Realmuto turned out to be a very good player. So there's always going to be that in the back of my mind that, hey, Gabriel Moreno could click, but the power disappeared, Riley. Only five home runs between Buffalo and Toronto. And yes, catchers take a long time to develop, but it is kind of concerning that that just disappeared. So good luck in Arizona, Gabriel Moreno. And then you talked about Lourdes Gurriel Jr. there. Just, you know, the batting average was great, but the barrel rate absolutely plummeted. And I don't think you can get that back. I don't think the power guy is going to be there from Lourdes Gurriel anymore. So I think it's a good piece of business to move those players, especially to get a guy like Dalton Varsho, who, you know, I was really thinking about this too, Riley. The Jays ran more four-man outfields last year than any other team in baseball, right? And then when MLB came out and deciding, it's like, nope, we can't have the four-man outfield anymore. You got to have two people on the infield on each side of the shifts. I thought the Jays then decided, it's like, well, we need to limit then how much balls like hit the ground going to the outfield. And that's why I think Dalton Varsho is probably one of their main guys they really wanted and they targeted and they've got to be happy to get. My only concern with Varsho here, Riley, is there was a lot of Colby Rasmus in that bat. Now say what you want about Colby Rasmus. He had some great moments with the Toronto Blue Jays, but there's so much swing and miss. And I feel like, yeah, he might go 30-30, definitely 20-20, but like it's going to be a lot of empty batting averages. And if those home runs come with guys on base late in games, it's going to be great. But if the Jays are losing 8-1 to when Dalton Varsho finally smacks into one, it's not going to be as meaningful. So I don't know how high the upside is with this guy. 
But either way, the defense is going to be rock solid no matter what. He should be another three to four win player this year. And four tools at that. You talk about the the gloves there, the arms there. Yes, Jesse. I will sacrifice. Um, I will sacrifice contact in that because Lourdes Gurriel Jr. did hit for a batting average, but said Gabriel Moreno's power disappeared. I mean, Lourdes's power completely disappeared. Yeah, so I mean, it seems that you know I value power in baseball quite uh, you know not i wouldn't say it's a, a quite a th- i don't think i think a 300 300 batting average is worth 40 home runs Ooh, disagree strong disagree Ooh. okay power's I where love- it's at baby Yes, but that being said, we might get a guy who hits 240, but there's going to be a lot of the, all the other tools in that game are going to be like pretty well tip top perfect, Jesse. I mean, the speed power combination is lethal. And on the defensive side of the ball, you can't go wrong with Dalton Varsho. Um, but yeah, a lot of swing and miss in this game. But I feel like the players that we have in our lineup who can put bat to ball, it's almost complimentary of what Varsho can do. I mean, Kirk is a guy who is absolutely just, it just comes natural to put bat on ball. Same with Bull Bichette. I mean, I feel like if it's Varsho, who is the whole, the Colby Rasmus type player with a lot of swing and miss in his game, I feel like that's an okay thing, Jesse because of what you're getting from the power in his bat, the speed on the base pass and in the field and his defensive numbers in the field. I feel like, I feel like it's a, it's a substitute that I'm, it's a chance I'm willing to take almost man. It should be good. If anything, it's going to raise the floor of the Toronto Blue Jays team. And that's what we wanted. Um, I wanted to talk about one more guy here who the Blue Jays added, and that's our relief pitcher, Eric Swanson. And I know we've talked about it on our pitching predictions episode, two episodes ago, go back and take a look at that if you haven't already. But I ever, the more I look at the data, Riley, the more, I'm enamored by Eric Swanson. It's just so much red all over that stat cast page. Like he throws hard. He gets whiffs at an elite rate. Like, you know, he spins the ball. Well, a lot of his contact thing is good. And he amassed 1.7 war as a relief pitcher last year, Riley. That is so hard to do. And you're limited in pitching. Even if he takes a step back this year, I think he's still going to be good. And I think a lot of Toronto blue Jays are already penciling him in, maybe even past Jimmy Garcia on the depth chart to be the main setup man right behind Jordan Romano in the bullpen. And that is going to be huge. If he becomes any, Anything like that this year? I mean, right now, um, I definitely theoretically would like him in that setup spot as well. Based off the numbers last year, I mean, you put that in at the eighth inning. I mean, if you have a one, two, three inning for three games consecutively, mm-hmm. I mean, that's very impressive. He's definitely a guy we will use in high leverage. And I, you know what? The title is the titles are whatever if you want to call it the eighth inning if you want to call it the seventh inning for whatever garcia and whatever swanson are i still i still call it a great punch that sets up jordan romano um who is you know with the the variation of you know velocities and romano coming in after crafty guys like swanson and a good in a good garcia you know pitch mix too i mean it's great i don't care what order you use the guys in i mean if you the counting stat for the hold category if setup guys call call it that they mm-hmm. want to have you know 20 holds in here that's great i mean for me it's can you get us to the ninth i mean that's, that's all, all that, that we're looking for and yep. and holy cow man can Eric Swanson ever get to the next inning? I mean, he, I mean, his, his whip tremendous, his ERA best in baseball. I mean, what more can you want, man? We wanted, we wanted to extend our bullpen. We wanted to go with more options, better options. And I mean, there wasn't, it seemed for the sample size, 
that Swanson has as an MLB pitcher, I mean, it's pretty damn good, man. I mean, you can't get much better than that. The thing that's looking at the daddy here that's really straight, uh, really catching my eye here is his weak contact percentage went from 2% in 2021 to 88 in 2022. His barrels per plate appearance dropped to 3.9%, the soft contact extremes. And if you look at similar pitchers to Eric Swanson, Riley, one of the people you get is 2022 Carlos Rodon, who is getting Cy Young votes. And if you get that guy out of your bullpen, whew, it's going to be nothing but good things to add to this Toronto Blue Jays pen. Well, yeah, I mean, that would be that'd be. Perfect, man. I mean, we look so good in the bullpen. That's one area we wanted to improve. Mm -hmm. That's one area we did. If you start giving him comps to Carlos Rodon, who we'll have to face this year, just reminding all uh, you and other Blue Jays fans. Um, But it's good, man. Like I said, no matter where, no matter if he pitches in the seventh or the eighth inning, because he will be used as a higher leverage guy. I mean, if he has anything close to season he had last year, I mean, we're in for a real treat and we will not have to worry about the blown saves department at all. And it will set up Jordan Romano quite nicely for some saves. Riley, is there another player? I know we kind of talked about Guriel and uh, Gabriel Moreno, but there is another player that is leaving this Toronto Blue Jays team that you're worried we might miss come next year. I mean, I, well, first off, like Tay Oscar was, was a, a great ball player and a great, you know, a great Great personnel for the Toronto mm-hmm. Blue Jays, really represented our organization well, had a tremendous power. I mean, in the COVID-shortened season, he was one of the best players in all of baseball. Um, last year was fantastic as well. I mean, I, I hope he does well. I mean, Seattle is going to be one of the teams that we're going to have to compete with. So let's hope that he does well, but not too well kind of thing. Yes. I, I I personally like Lourdes Guriel Jr., um, you know, I liked him coming up as a shortstop and he kind of moved around, found a spot in left field, loved his tremendous, uh, tr- tremendously accurate throwing arm and his hair. Obviously, I'm a big hair guy. So um, Lord has had some good, uh, a good personality as well. It's just a fu- fun group of guys, fun team. Um, definitely going to miss those guys the most. Sadly, we'll see Gabriel Moreno develop kind of in separate ways. And obviously Ross Stripling, man. I mean, what a season he had last year. What a season he had last year, man. I mean, what else can you say? Ross Stripling was the best pitcher in baseball for a good three weeks, man. And um, I hope, I hope good things for him um, um, in his future. Not too good, but good things. (laughs) I have 130 WRC plus two in each of the last three seasons. Like that's 30% better than league average. That is an offensive thump that the Blue Jays might missing. I'm sure there are going to be times this season, Ryan, when we're sitting there and the Blue Jays are going through a bit of an offensive slump and we're going to be like, boy, we could really use a Teoscar Hernandez in the lineup right now, but we'll have to make do without it. And Ross Stripling is the one for me, Riley. Like, I remember you and I coming on after a series, a series the Blue Jays lost, but Ross Stripling came in. I think he dazzled over seven innings, six innings or whatever it was. And you and I were talking about how great Ross Stripling is. Like this guy has basically saved and shut it down. And it's a shame we didn't get to see a playoff start from Ross Stripling because I'm sure he would have done great in uh, one of those playoff starts there too. But I really do think the Jays fans are going to miss him. And it's it's tough to look back and see, like look at that 2022 season and see, hey, we don't get to where we get to without the performance of Ross Stripling. So good luck to you in San Francisco. Um, I'm rooting for him. Nothing for the best there. Good guy, good character. Always seemed great. And rooting for you, Ross Stripling. I'm sure we'll miss you. 
Yeah, we got a guy nicknamed Chicken Strip, and yeah. you know, from get a guy who likes chicken strips from. And uh, Bell would love this guy. <laughs> yeah. So it it fits it fits in well. They kind of mi- they kind of missed each other a little bit flying overhead, Jesse. But uh, nonetheless, man, I mean the the makeup it was. You know, if you look at the the moves we made, man, it was a big it was a big shift. Our outfield looks uh, almost completely different. Our you know our pitchers are more or less kind of the same. Um, and we've added some good platoon guys, man. And our bullpen got a, a nice revamp as well. It's It almost got as good as of renovations our bullpen did as the actual ballpark. Mm-hmm. So that's always good, man, when you're adding, you know, great things to our roster. And we needed it in the bullpen, man. But, yeah, we're going to miss those guys. Excited. I'm excited. I'm excited about my guys that I said and your guys as well. Obviously mm-hmm. going to be rooting for them there. And, um, you know, sucks that you have to lose those the guys we did, but that's business. Ba- that's business baseball, man, and uh, that's just what happens in uh, major leagues. So I added up the projected ATC projections for all the players that we've um, added to our roster and all the players that we let go. So according to the ATC projections, the Blue Jays lost seven point three WAR going away off this team next year, but we've added nine point four. So just if you crunch the numbers based on projections, it says the Blue Jays should add about two more wins of talent. So we went, we're a 92 win team last year. According to this, we should be a 94 win team. And that might be good enough to win the AL East, assuming that all that comes to fruition. So I guess the numbers say the Blue Jays had a good offseason. And I guess, hey, you and I say they did too. Well, yeah, you say 94 wins and you say, well, I like I like the rounded number to a five. And then you say, well, 95. I was born in 1996, so mm-hmm. I like 96. So we'll sure. say the Jays are good for about 96 <laughs> wins coming in this year. That math checks out. I uh, I don't disagree with that. Um, Riley, was there a key good. under yeah. the radar move? Like maybe something we're not talking about much or something minor maybe that happened this offseason that you think is actually going to pay big dividends for the Blue Jays this year? So one is uh, defensively. Let's just like talk about a guy we didn't talk about because I do want to touch, but roughly on everybody, and that's sure. Kevin Kiermeyer. Not going to do a ton yeah. with the bat. I love it for just the the defense in our field. I mean, Lourdes and Tay Oscar. There were definitely holes in their game. I also like how it kind of kind of gives George Springer maybe mm-hmm. saves his leg, saves yeah, his durability right. a little bit, and moves him to a corner outfield. Exactly, man. So I like that, you know, not I like that for George um, and I like it. But, you know, Kevin Kiermeyer, another guy, I mean, he was stealing gold gloves from Kevin Kiermeyer. So, I mean, we'll put this guy in center field. Maybe he win a gold glove for this. Of course, you got father time kind of coming at Kevin Kiermeyer and his bat. Totally not there. I don't expect really anything at all from his from his yeah. bat it's really the defense with his game man which is which is which is great i mean we've had you know we've had devon white vernon wells kevin Pilar, and now uh kevin kiermeyer so that's you know we've had a, a slew of um great defensive center fielders in toronto and kevin kiermeyer just kind of a just kind of a, another one there maybe asterisks because he was a ray for so yeah, long a division rival but <laughs> still man i mean you got to It's kind of like you know. You got to invite him in the family with with open arms, Jays mm-hmm. fans, and I. And I too. I you know will make sure that I make this this man feel feel welcome in the Rogers Center. But um, yeah, 
I mean, probably the best defensive center fielder of the 2010s, man. What else can you say? Riley, I love it when we come on here and we're clicking on exactly the same cylinders because I have um, not so much on the Kiermaier signing, but I thought moving George Springer to right field is actually going to be great because we do need, especially after trading, say, Oscar Hernandez, we need George Springer's bat to remain productive and to be there still. And we've seen small declines in each of the last three years, but he's still a very good hitter. I guess he's gone from super elite to just very, very good now. And we're going to need that guy again. So anything to keep this guy healthy on the field is going to be a big plus because we know George Springer is going to need a bunch of DH days anyway, right? So if we can move him to right and keep him on the field, I think it's going to do nothing but good things. And I also wanted to touch on the Chad Green signing. We added on this on the last season too, or last episode as well. Now he won't pitch until mid-season, but like I kind of said then, and I'll say it again now, this is exactly the type of relief pitcher the Jays are going to be looking to acquire at the trade deadline. So they just went ahead and got it done early. And then he comes back from his rehab. He could be a high impact piece in the bullpen. So that is a move I like um, for the Toronto Blue Jays. I mean, Chad Green, not an overly big-bodied guy, but you think he was six foot seven. the way he throws that fastball. And the way he locates that fastball, too, it's a guy we've seen. And uh, was surprised he never was a long-time closer. The Yankees seemed to have someone else to close out the games. Always seemed like Chad Green was playing behind someone else. I mean, but this is a guy who had closer comps for a long time, just never pitched in the ninth inning a whole lot. But a very effective four-seam fastball, very effective two-seam fastball. It's going to be a weapon for us, man. It's another another tool we can use in the bullpen, another high-velocity guy. I mean, you could compare him to uh, quite a bit to Jordan Romano, man. I mean, yeah, to a touch, and yeah. he's, um, he's going to be... Yeah, he's 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 going to be great. He's going to get a lot. There's a lot just there's a lot of swing and miss, man. I mean, if you can't catch up to a fastball, you can't hit the fastball. You're going to end up with a lot of strikeouts, man. And that's when Chad Green returns. That is going to be what um, what we see from him. 30 strikeouts and one walk in his career at the Rogers Center, too. It's that'll play every time. Uh, with that being said, Riley, do, do, one, two questions, I guess. One, are the Blue Jays done? I don't. I think they're still going to add somebody else here. Maybe someone mall, maybe some more bullpen depth, maybe another outfielder. I don't know. And two, Riley, did the Blue Jays do enough to win a World Series? Because I remember coming into the offseason when we gave our preview, we kind of had that thought, look, the Jays have three more years with this current core in there. It always felt like the moves the Jays would make this offseason would be the difference on whether or not we win a World Series with this core or not. So I guess two questions. One, are, are we done? Or two, did we do enough? So I think our big pieces are, are are in place, Jesse. I think that our starting rotation, as rough as it looks at the bottom of our rotation, I, I think it's done and we're going to kind of take a chance on um, one of Kikuchi or Mitch White to be that starter. Um, as far as our bullpen goes, man, I think, we'd have, I think we've done plenty for there. I think mm-hmm. if the addition is made, it's for it's for a platoon guy, man, and I think that's important. We've had a great I, – I, I can look back at many teams and find very good middle infield type guys that we could even possibly search for um, to fill out kind of our, our chart. I mean, we're still – hey, we still got Bishio Espinal and, and Whit Merrifield, so there's, you know, three guys playing on second base as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I absolutely, I absolutely think we've done enough to bring guys in. Um, we're, if, if everything goes right, Jesse, we're a championship team, but here's the deal, man. Here's what needs to happen in order for that to happen. We need basically 
Alec Manoa and Kevin Gosman to do the same thing. Yes. We need Chris yes. Bassett to be a great supporting cast. And I would say do the same thing that he did with the Mets, man. And I would be very happy with that. He's going to post good numbers for us. As far as our, the bottom guys in our rotation, the four, the four guy who is Jose Barrios, we don't need another exploding year, man. We no, need something yeah. very close to what he was pitching. And he needs he needs Minnesota Twins Barrios numbers, man, for this to work. As far as the, the Kikuchi white mix, who if I give the nod to Kikuchi first, give him the first chance. If not, yank. Mitch White, if not Yank, and we go from there. But no games have been played, so we don't know what their numbers are going to be like. But I give the nod first um, to Kikuchi and, um, you know, Hunjin Ryu still up in the air, very much in the air. Of course, we could have used him, but we don't have him. So now we got to look for alternatives. Our bullpen uh, is, is excellent right now. Mm -hmm. If we get the same thing from our key arms in the bullpen, we're going to be just fine there. We need Kirk to kind of, you know, maybe not go as silent with the power. Vladdy needs to have another, uh, you know, top three MVP season. Our platoon at second base, whoever gets the majority of innings there. I mean, that's kind of the filler piece. Be a good supporting cast member. Bo, if he goes out and leads the American League and hits for the third year in a row, then by God, that's he's done. He's done it there. Matt Chapman, I would like to see more power out of him. George Springer, if he, God, if he can stay healthy for the entire Please, year, yes. you know, take some reps at the DA, take some reps at the DH spot, play a good right fielder, or left fielder, even a couple in a, a couple games in center, whatever it is, then that's good. But I mean, he's theoretically, Jesse, probably one of, or if not the best power leadoff power hitter of all time. I mean, you kind of have to protect George Springer in that way. And as far as far show goes, Hey, if it's, if it's a 20 steal, 20 home run season, if it's 25 and 20, if it's 30, 25, whatever, this is a guy who is, I would say probably our biggest X factor, man. And I'm not going to say a lot of what he does to, is where we're going to land. But Jesse, I mean, if he hits 33 home runs or 37 home runs or, you know, like let's say 35 home runs. I mean, that's going to, that's going to get also a lot of, of wins, man. And, and beat out a lot of losses in close games, man. Um, and Danny Jansen as well. If he can, you know, we got belt, we got Jansen. We can kind of look and say, okay, we got a righty and a lefty bat. Mm -hmm. One hits the fastball. Well, one hits the curveball. Well, so use those guys accordingly. And obviously Danny Jansen, Still going to play behind the plate, you know, in some games ahead of Kirk, depending on who's pitching, what the matchups are. I don't know. We got belt to use, though. That's going to be great. As far as Kevin Kiermeyer goes, I mean, it's his glove. I mean, try to save some, you know, limit his at-bats. Maybe something you don't see a ton um, in this day and age is uh, pinch hitting for a guy in within the nine-inning uh, baseball game, not going on to extra innings. So I could see that happening with Kiermeyer, But we'll see, man. Whatever, what all I just said, <laughs> all those things got to go right, man. We need MB, yes. we, our, we need our supporting cast to be supporting cast members, not even all-star level stuff. And we need Vlad to have a closer to a 2021 Vlad. And you know what? If Bo leads the American League hits again, that would be another plus thing. And then the same thing out of Gosman Manol. We need our good players to be really good and the new guys coming in to do what – I mean, why we got them, man. I mean, we gave a pretty good price for Varsho. 
And I think that he's going to be a huge X factor for us. Not only that, too, we need guys to come up from the minor leagues and perform. We need Ricky Tiedemann to hit the ground running. We need a surprise almost like a Yasver Zuleta to come up here and just start going or Addison Barger or somebody to come up and be productive for this Toronto Blue Jays team if they're really going to go. Riley, you, we are asking a lot here to go right for the Toronto Blue Jays to really hit it. Like, God forbid, but what if Jordan Romano struggles and we can't get games out of the ninth inning? What if Jimmy Garcia's fastball isn't that good? What if Vladimir Guerrero's ground ball issues remain? What if Bo Bichette is still swinging at pitches in the other's batter's box? Like, there's a lot that could go wrong here and a lot hey, that could go right. So I think just getting more depth and getting more pieces is going to go a long way. And that's kind of why I wish the Toronto Blue Jays did go out. We signed a Justin Verlander. We signed a Jacob deGrom here just to get that dominance again in the top of the rotation. And yes, it would have cost a lot of money. And yes, it would have pushed like people down the charts, but I really think the Blue Jays may regret not making a big move like that, especially since we're already going over the luxury tax anyway, right? I thought it might as well taken it on a low year, high salary thing. But other than that, though, I'd say it's good business for the Blue Jays. I would say it's good business. You could always use another superstar. Of course, when we yes, were talking last year about, you know, possibly getting a Jose Ramirez, and then there was about, you know, six days where we were excited that Otani could be a J. Obviously, those <laughs> allegations were cut short. Um, but, hey, man, I think we're looking at our own homegrown bro- to be a um, you know a group of superstars man and they very well could be and uh, there's a very good possibility Jesse that we have I mean the best pitcher and best position player in baseball with Vladdy and Alec Manoa man there's I mean they have they have that in their their tools they can easily achieve that man whether it's this year wait what or next year you know you'd like it to be this year man the moves we made are set in place to make a good run this year and compete for the pennant man all right riley throw a grade on it if you had to grade the blue jays offseason where do you go i give it a b plus what would have made it an a jesse is would have made it an a minus to an a is if you don't lose um, maybe Teoscar Hernandez, but then you don't add the other bullpen arm. Right. So it's kind of tricky. It's tricky to get a grade because you you gain somewhere, but you lose somewhere um, else. And obviously, yeah, you would have loved to get a MVP superstar like player, Jesse, but that that just didn't happen. Like you said, we're still paying over the luxury tax. We're still over that threshold. So, I mean, it doesn't really matter. But we have our own guys there. And we did, I mean, we did bring in Kevin Gosman. Kevin Gosman was is still a big acquisition. Yeah. Yes, this isn't his first year. This is his sophomore J year. And I feel like, you know, he's still still going to grow with us and do and do great things, man. And hopefully you see the same with Matt Chapman and maybe get a little bit of that power back. All right. Well, with that being said, Riley, let's move on to talk a little bit Bo Bichette here because he did just sign a contract extension. We threw some stuff up on our Instagram page and on our TikTok account about the Bo Bichette contract extension. You should go check that out if you haven't already. But Riley, here's the deal. Here's how it went down. He signed in total a three-year $33.6 million contract, which just buys out his arbitration year. So he's still a free agent after the 2025 season. And um, here's how the contracts break down next year. He's going to make 6.1 million. So the Jays went to arbitration. <clears throat> Bobachet fired piled at 7.5 million. The Jays filed at five. I guess they kind of came agreement 6.1 million. 2024, he's going to make 11 million. 2025, he'll make 16.5. So those salary increases are kind of in line, a rough estimate of what would have happened in arbitration. But the season will also escalate the following seasons by 2.25 million if he does win an MVP award. And if he becomes second or third, he'll get an extra 1.25 million per year. And then if he's third or fourth, an extra $250,000 for 
Bobachet. So this contract could be as high as three years, 40.65 million if Bobachet reaches his escalators on the year. Riley, initial thoughts when you saw the Bobachet contract extension come out. The first thing I, uh, the first thing, Jesse, and it's sad to say, the first thing I did is I went in my phone and I set a timer on my phone for how long Bulbashet has to be a Toronto Blue Jay. Sadly, I know that's what it means to me. I know what the it goes to the arbitration, then you come out with a three-year deal like that. We're just trying to be buddy-buddy here with um, with the you know Bo and his agent and his staff and the Toronto Blue Jays in their front office. They're trying to make things savvy, make things easy on Bulbashet and his team. Um, but that totally tells me that come 2026, he's playing shortstop for another team. It seems that way, doesn't it? It really it, does. Jesse, I'm not a big business white-collar guy with baseball, but I'm a baseball player's guy. And I know what that – I know it, like we got to win. He's got three years with us. Let's make those three years very much worthwhile. He's a fan favorite. Kids are buying his jerseys. People love to watch Bulbashet on the diamond. He's a flashy guy. He's a cool guy. He plays a cool position. He's got the cool hair. Hey, you love, you lo- you'd love to see him and you love to see him do well. I mean, geez, he's led the, like I s- said already, he's led the American league in hits for two years straight. He's got a real possibility to do it a third time. Yes. The plate discipline doesn't exist, and sometimes the, <laughs> the, the the defensive numbers aren't really in Bo's favor. But there's, I mean, this is a guy who's going to add at least two stolen bases with the bags being bigger, and he's going to pretty much remain this. He wasn't affected by the shift because Bo can put the ball anywhere, and um, hopefully he pulls the ball out for power this year mm-hmm. with the, the That's what I you know see. this this is a Bo's ballpark now with those fences coming in like that. That, that those numbers really scream for Bo Bichette on those low line drive home runs. I like it from there, but yeah, Jesse, sadly, it's 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 you know he's got three years left with us. Let's do something here for for Bo Bichette because he's going on probably getting paid huge dollars in in when that contract is expired. And I don't know if the Jays are going to take that on with all the other talent we have. And Bo Bichette has always been a guy too who has always known his worth. Like even going back to the draft, Riley, um, there were teams who wanted to sign Bo Bichette, and Bo Bichette's like, no, I'm going to the Blue Jays. They're going to pay me what I believe I'm worth. And he said that all throughout his career. He said that um, I remember when the Jays were going through their pre-arb raises. Him and Alec Manoa actually turned them down because they disagreed with the process that the Blue Jays use to give out their pre-arb raises. So Bobachet almost seems very likely that he's at least going to test the waters in free agency. And I've heard some people say when this contract came down, it's like, well, why didn't the Jays go for four years, five years, buy out some of his free agent years? And of course, the Blue Jays would have loved to have done that. If they could have signed Bobachet to six years to buy out three free agent years, they could have done that. But this contract extension was always going to be three years, or it was going to be 13 years. There was never going to be a different side. And we saw the markets for shortstops this offseason with like Trey Turner, Xander Bogarts, and others signing massive, massive contracts. Some team out there is going to pay Bo Bichette to a massive deal. And I just don't think it's going to be the Toronto Blue Jays unless something dramatically changes. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. If you talked about that fourth year, the first year of free agency, I'm thinking that could have been a 25 to $26 million season for him. I mean, if you look at the way the progression chart goes and what a player makes in free agency and the value of a shortstop and the value of Bo Bichette, I mean, he could eat. I mean, hey, the next he's not he's going to make his he's going to make his payday um, no matter what. I mean, um, he, he he'll deserve it at that point. I'm sure he will deserve it. You know, the the numbers pending, but I'm the, the definitely in there and in Bo Bichette's bat, man. So um, uh, 
I'm, I'm glad to have him for the three years. Do I wish that he is going to stay for more? Of course. But I am a realist as far as Zach goes. I kind of know what that three-year deal means. And where that is, when it brings him straight to his first year of free agency, I mean, that kind of tells you something there. So mm-hmm. I'm glad that the negotiations happen. I'm glad that we don't have to worry about it for the next two off-seasons. But that's what it means to me, Jesse. It could mean other things to different people. But I think, um, you know, we hope that Bo Bichette has really good play the next couple of years um, because I mean, if he doesn't, if he doesn't do well, we could end up signing him to a whatever deal. But I think no matter what, Jesse, no matter how you look at it, if he plays well, or if he pl- over, if he plays basically himself into a $35 million a year player, I mean, you kind of look at it and say his time in Toronto is like I said, I set a timer on my phone until uh, Bo Bichette walks out the door of the Rogers center. It's going to be tough. The saving grace, I guess here is the blue Jays camp and Bo Bichette. Jets camp have been able to make an agreement on this. So there is a non-zero chance they can at least make a deal on something else, but it does seem unlikely at this point, Riley. Um, yeah, that's all I got on Boba Shet. Did you want to add anything else before we move on to our WBC roster? Nope. Uh, I, I mean, uh, there's a lot riding on Boba Shet this year and um, he's going to get, he's going to get a lot of hits again for us. There's going to be a lot of bad swings. There might be some bad throws in there, but at the end of the day, Bo Bichette is one of the most exciting players in MLB to watch. He's a fan favorite. We have him for three more years, and we have him in those three years are years that we are running to compete for a World Series championship. So I absolutely love that part of of the business side of this deal for Bo Bichette because we are we have a very we have a very good three year window for this, and it matches up with that contract. Well, let's go win a World Series now while we can. It'd be the best thing, honestly. Best thing for me, personally. Best thing for the show. And probably a good thing for Bo Bichette if that were to happen and to all parties involved. All right, let's move on to the Team Canada World Baseball Classic roster. As they were just announced the other day, um, I know I love international baseball. The WBC is one of my favorite tournaments of all time. This is actually only, the I think, the fifth one they've ever done. And we've had some great excitement over the past years. Canada as a team, hasn't done so great. We have a three and eight record all time at the World Baseball Classic. But I remember back in 2006 in our first year, we did get a win over the United States with Stubby Clap doing good things there or doing stuff, some classic Canadian baseball names there um, at Chase Field in Arizona. Canada is in tough. We're in a pool with USA, Mexico, Colombia. Colombia, who actually has a very good team and Great Britain. So a team we could probably take advantage of there. We're likely going to finish fourth in the pool. We'd have to do either one team's going to have to collapse or Team Canada's going to have to play way above their head in order to move on from here. But it's always a great uh, tournament to see, Riley. So looking forward to watching Team Canada play here. I did not hear. Well, I know I'm just kidding. I heard everything, but you throw the name out, Stubby Clap, Canadian <laughs> yeah. baseball legend. What a what a great baseball name. Um, famous for one of the better ejections of all time. I'm yes. pretty sure there's a great a great ejection on YouTube after you're done viewing this, or like if you're on Spotify or any of our other platforms listening, uh, check it out, Stubby Clap. I think manager ejection is all you need because it's great. Um, a lot of good baseball players in Canada, but we're not as we're not as thoroughbred as the United States. Right. And and, yeah. and the other some of the other countries, man. But we we showcase some good talent, man. I mean, we have had in the past Fergie Jenkins, who is a Hall of Fame pitcher, mm-hmm. Larry Walker, rightfully Hall of Famer. Um, we've had a lot, you know, a lot of good ones in Toronto. Justin just Morneau is another one. J- Justin Morneau, Jason yeah. Bay, two of my two of my two of my 
favorite Canadians, and then of course famous Blue Jays, more so like Russell Martin. Um, you know, I'm I'm excited. I'm kind of bummed though that some of the guys opted not to participate in Correct, Team Canada, yeah. and it's nice that you know we got honorary. You know, dual citizens like Freddie Freeman playing for us. I absolutely love that. Good guy, Freddie Freeman. Yeah, let's talk about some of the other players on this roster that we're actually going to see for Team Canada. Freddie Freeman's the big one. Um, his mom was Canadian. His, I think, from Toronto, and his dad was from Windsor. So his parents are from Canada, and he's always come to represent Canada. He was on the 2017 team as well. And some other names you might know here. Um, Andrew Albers, the former Blue Jay. Philippe Amont. John Axford, who is a longtime closer and former Blue Jay here. Matt Brash from our neck of the woods, Kingston, Ontario, who's nasty with Seattle. And Matt Brash is interesting because he actually had a chance to start and to be in the rotation in Seattle. And Matt Brash is like, no, I'm going to be a bullpen pitcher and I'm pitching for Team Canada in the World Baseball Classic. So you love to see that. Adam Lowen is another guy who was a pitcher, former top prospect, then decided to become a hitter. And now he's back to pitching. Another name, Nick Pavetta, Cal Quantrill, Bo Naylor. All three of those guys are big leaguers. And we have a Blue Jay, Otto Lopez, who's going to be on this team. Um, and Owen Cassie, who's a top prospect for the Cubs, is going to be on this team as well. So say there's some guys here, Riley, and there's a non-zero chance that Team Canada could put something together. I like the um, the um, Highway 401 kind of guys, uh, Cal Quantrill, <laughs> Bo Naylor. It I would have yeah. really liked Josh Naylor. To be yes. on this roster, I yeah. talked about him on a previous episode. You would have to go back. I don't even know what episode where I went off about Josh Naylor. He is a hype man um, for for <laughs> for the Guardians. I mean, holy cow, man! He is a just a monster. I mean, he, he this guy eats nails for breakfast. It would have been cool <laughs> to see him play with his brother and um, and Cal Quantrill, and then. You know, obviously Tyler O'Neill, probably the most jacked guy in baseball. Yeah. He's a smaller guy, but he is he's built something like a Sylvester Stallone and Rocky kind of deal, man. Immaculate athlete. Yeah, um, some notable omissions too, though. Like Jordan Romano is not going to be playing in the World Baseball Classic. You mentioned Josh Naylor, uh, James Paxton, Mike Soroka, Zach Pop, which I'm surprised about, does not play for Team Canada here. Uh, Charles LeBlanc and Rowan Wick. So the Team Canada team could have been better. But just some notable omissions here. I guess, Riley, I want you to give me your take because we are a Toronto Blue Jays podcast after all about some of the Toronto Blue Jays who are playing in this tournament. We know Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is going to play for the Dominican Republic. Jimmy Garcia is going to join him in that team as well. Uh, Jose Barrios is already in spring training. He's already at the complex. He will be pitching for the Puerto Rican team. And so I'm very interested to see how Jose Barrios does. Alejandro Kirk is going to be the catcher for Mexico. And our prospect Spencer Horowitz is actually on Team Israel. So that's going to be exciting. So is there something you want to take away? from watching any of these six guys perform no definitely eyes on jose barrios and what he can do puerto rico's got a really good team a lot of the latin american ball clubs are really good and i have um one of those guys for the the winners um even over that immaculate u.s team because they look to be i mean one of the best teams it goes back to the united states olympic team whenever michael jordan was on that is mm -hmm. this world baseball classics american team they're good i feel like they're gonna get snubbed by it could be that it could be the dominican uh republic because they have a real good team awesome. as, yeah. as well and so does puerto rico and venezuela can't forget about venezuela they also have a really good team a lot of good names on all three of those teams man and um yeah really gonna be watching um jose barrios uh to see what he can do man i mean it's we watched him last year we watched him struggle we want to get 
whether it's Major League Baseball or the World Baseball Classic, we want to get off on the right foot in 2023, Jesse, and let's hope it starts with the World Baseball Classic. I also don't think the Jays are upset that they're only sending out six players to the WBC. Like, Bo Bichette, Kevin Gosman, Alec Manoa all could have played on this Team USA roster. Matt Chapman, George Springer, Dalton Varsho probably could have as well. And I think the Jays are going to like having these guys in camp. That way they can be with their coaches and they can get stuff together ready for the big long season where the Blue Jays hope to win a World Series. Rather, we're kind of up against the clock here, so we're just going to skim through our news and notes. The Blue Jays did sign another relief pitcher. We signed right-handed pitcher Luke Bard with a minor league deal and an invite to spring. Only pitched in about nine games last year. He does throw 94 miles per hour, and the fastball spin is in the 99th percentile. So it might not mean much, but what I think it does mean is the, is the times of having guys like Anthony Banda and Sergio Romo and Matt Peacock pitch out of this bullpen. Those days are behind us now the blue jays are trying to get some good depth here to do um stuff like that and then uh yeah any quick thought on luke bard no uh, just another just another name jesse and it occurred to me though too um that if our if all our um if all our wheels are spinning in the bullpen and we got the like we could potentially have the best bullpen in baseball if these arms are are working all all Mm -hmm. like if five or six guys are working man we could be looked and regarded around the league as as a team that has the best bullpen. I think last year it was the Seattle Mariners, but we have one of those guys now. Um, And if we can, those other guys can pitch like I know they can. I mean, look out for, for our bullpen. Even the, the um, lower leverage guys are still better pitchers in, in some bullpens around major league baseball, man. I think we got a lot of weapons to work with. It's just going to be a lot of these guys that are on the uh, the express train from Toronto to Buffalo. You know, say Zach Pop throws three innings and you got to send him down. You send him down. You call up Luke Bard to get him in here. And then you swap it up and down. There's going to be a lot of that for the Blue Jays this year, which I think is always needed to get through a long Major League Baseball season. Uh, some more news, Riley. This is the one I'm most excited about. All the Blue Jays home spring training games in Dunedin will be televised this year. This is long overdue, but we're actually going to be able to look out. We're going to be able to see Chris Bassett play. We're going to be able to see Dalton Varshow. Hopefully we get to see a Ricky Tiedemann start on TV and plus select road games too. And usually when the Jays go to Philly, New York, Pittsburgh, or Detroit, those games are usually televised as well. So there's going to be a large percentage of Blue Jays spring training games we're actually going to get to watch this year, which I'm really excited for. And the Blue Jays also made some notes new broad notes in the broadcast team. So long are Pat Tabler and Arash Madani. They are officially off the broadcast team. Arden Zwelling will work with Hazel May as the on-field reporters. And Dan Shulman, Buck Martinez, and Joe Siddle will have the TV side with Ben Wagner doing the radio. And former Blue Jay Caleb Joseph will join Jamie Campbell on Blue Jay Central and stuff like that. So any quick thought on spring training or the broadcast team, Riley? Love it. The more baseball you get to see, the the better. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, the, sometimes the restrictions suck, but the they more do. games, more games we get to watch, man, the better. Cool. Um, Orioles legend uh, Caleb Joseph in a very short time with us. He might have played more games in Buffalo than he did <laughs> for our major league team, but it's still still cool. Ex ex major league ball players moving on to different different career paths. So I hope he does uh, well at that. Um, but yeah, miss our broadcast crew because damn, we got a, a good one. They really brought on some some good um, good characters that we get to uh, watch and 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 you know listen to for 162 plus now with um, with all the spring training being covered. Dan Schulman's one of the best in the game, and I've always liked it. Pushes Buck Martinez more to the analyst role, which I've always thought the two of them have done really well. So excited to see more of those two in the booth together. And uh, Santiago Espinal Riley got engaged, so congrats to Santiago Espinal on your new engagement. Um, congrats to him. 
Uh, guys, that'll do it for our episode here today. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. For you guys listening at home, please leave a comment below. What would you grade this Blue Jays offseason? Who was the key acquisitions you were excited to see? Who do you think we're going to miss? Did we miss an under-the-radar move that you're not sure that really could pay dividends? What are your thoughts on the Bo Bichette's extension? Do you think there's a chance that he signs long-term here? Or what do you think about Team Canada at the World Baseball Classic? Whatever it may be, leave a comment down below. We'll interact with you. Boost that. Also, make sure you hit that like button on the way out. And remember, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. So please make sure you do that as well. And Riley, anything else to add before we run out of here today? No, uh, we got a good good lineup of baseball with the World Baseball Classic. We just have to wait a couple. We got to be patient. A couple more weeks, a few more weeks, mm-hmm. and then we get to we get, watch everything unfold, man. Then we'll be two very happy people for until you know until we see what um, what happens this year. We could end the year very very happy, moderately happy, or the we won't talk about last year, Jesse. But, <laughs> um, we. You know, I'm excited to get. I'm excited. To, I'm excited to get into it. I don't want to be made a meme this year. As uh, as what happened at the end of last season. If you haven't seen that, go check our socials. You will see that on there. Um, I got to be on Tim and Friends, so that was pretty fun there. Um, I was gonna say something, but I completely forgot. So I guess that's it. We'll call it. Oh, sorry. Next week we're gonna be doing our spring training preview. Our stories to watch during spring. Um, all the big storylines. Who are the people we're gonna pay most attention to, and what stats matter? Plus any of the position battles. So make sure you turn on the push notifications so you're ready to hear from that. Until then, guys, we'll see you next week. Let's go Blue Jays. Thanks, guys. <laughs>